Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Med School Minutes podcast, where we discuss what it takes to attend and successfully complete a medical program. This show is brought to you by St. James School of Medicine. Welcome to another webinar with yours truly. Dr. Heckburn is joining me today. My name is Dr. Chaudhry. Um, and without further ado, we're going to get started with this week's question. So my name is uh, Dr. Aksa Chaudhry, um, joined by Dr. Russell Heckburn today. If you guys ever need to reach out to us, if you have questions regarding the PowerPoint, the presentation, or just med school in general, you can always reach us at usmlaatmail.shsm.org. And this week, we're going to talk a little bit about skin rashes. <laughs> So the question this week we are presenting is a 15-year-old boy comes to a clinic with complaints of a bump on his stomach. He noticed a lesion a few days ago. He's currently sexually active with multiple sexual partners, and he does not use protection consistently. He has not had any sexually transmitted infections in the past, and his last annual checkup was two years ago. There is a flesh-colored lesion with a central umbilication near the lower abdomen. So what is the most probable cause of this patient's lesion? Is it A, DNA virus, non-enveloped, single-stranded, and linear structure, DNA virus, non-enveloped, double-stranded, and circular DNA structure, or DNA virus, non-enveloped, double-stranded, and linear structure, or DNA virus, enveloped, partially double-stranded, and circular structure, or the last option, DNA virus, enveloped, double-stranded, and linear structure. Any ideas, Dr. Heckman? Hmm. 15-year-old... Let's see, skin rash, no protection. I'm thinking this is HPV, so maybe B. Okay. So I would. I was looking at the same things as well. So young boy, sexually active, doesn't use protection consistently. But then we noticed that he has a flesh-colored lesion with central umbilication on his abdomen. Oh, so, oh that isn't okay. A little bit different. We wouldn't expect that in a sexually active individual, would we? No, no. And that's not what HPV looks like either. Hmm. Good catch. Mm -hmm. So I think I have to go down to E. Okay. I think that's where I'm looking at. You're looking at E? Yeah. Okay. Mm. Well, we'll give you guys a minute to think about it. Um, so a lot of good points here that, you know, we might think of something when we're first going through this vignette, like since he is young and sexually active, our normal STIs come to mind first. Like you mentioned HPV, um, maybe herpes, maybe syphilis, a uh, lot of different things that people can get if they're not consistently using protection. But not all STIs are always what we come to mind at first. It can be something different that we may not be 100% familiar with. So in this case, like you mentioned, the answer is E. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit further about that. So this patient has molluscum contagiosum, which we don't normally think about as being sexually transmitted, but it can be in adults. Uh, molluscum contagiosum belongs to the pox virus family, and it is a envelope, double-stranded linear DNA virus. And again, it's often seen in children, but in adults can be a sexually transmitted infection. Oh, okay. I thought that was an interesting tidbit there. I did not know it could be transmitted that way. Yeah. That's okay. <laughs> 
So the other options here, um, option A, um, parvovirus is a non-envelope single-stranded linear DNA virus. Um, this presents as erythema infectiosum, um, also known as FIF disease, and presents with a slap cheek rash more commonly in children. Um, but if a pregnant woman happens to get parvovirus infection, then that can lead to hydropsotelis or with someone with sickle cell disease, they may get a plastic crisis. Option B, like you mentioned, papillomavirus is a non-enveloped single-stranded circulate DNA virus and belongs to the human papillomavirus family, which can cause papillomas, warts, um, but they don't have central umbilication. And there's certain strains that can also lead to cervical carcinoma, I believe. It's like um, strains six and seven, or those are in children and like 31 and 33 are more likely to cause yeah. 31, 33. Yeah, it's like three, like three or four numbers. Make sure you get those down, guys. Yeah. Yeah. And then option C here, um, adenovirus is a non-envelope double-stranded linear DNA virus, but that would present with febrile pharyngitis um, or possibly upper and lower respiratory tract disease. More common in the summertime, children can get it at the pool. Um, they'll often present with conjunctivitis in that case. Um, option D is a part of the hepatovirus family, and that'd be envelope partially double-stranded circulate DNA virus that leads to hepatitis B. And the hepatitis B virus can lead to either an acute or chronic um, hepatitis. So a little bit about the family that molluscum contagiosum falls under. Um, so it falls into the Poxviridae family, and the hosts of this virus would be humans, vertebrates, and arthropods. Um, some of the more common Poxvirus diseases you may know about are smallpox, um, molluscum contagiosum also falls under there, also monkeypox and wharf virus. So smallpox sounds serious, right? Yeah, smallpox. Yeah, I thought that was gone like it, a long time ago. It was. We eradicated it um, through vaccination efforts. And the last known case was in Somalia in 1977. But now with reduced vaccination rates, you know, I'm not saying that we might see it again, but oh, yeah, this you know. kid's popping up with it. Oh, yeah, gotta be careful. Oh, I like monkeypox. That one sounds interesting. It does, yeah. but not as commonly tested on step one. So smallpox and molluscum contagiosum are more likely to be asked about on your NBME assembly examinations. Okay. So a little bit more about molluscum contagiosum. Um, we talked about, you know, belonging to the pox virus family. It causes benign mild skin disease characterized by lesions that are small rays, usually white or pink or flesh colored with a central dimple. And lesions may become itchy, sore, red, or swollen. Okay. A little bit about the pathophysiology. Um, it is an envelope double-stranded linear DNA virus. It's one of the largest DNA viruses known um, to man at the current time. All DNA viruses do replicate in the nucleus. Except for pox virus. Huh. Because it's so big? No, not because it's so big, but it actually carries its own transcription machinery. So oh. it doesn't need to go into the nucleus like other DNA viruses. It can re um, replicate in the cytoplasm. Okay. And the incubation period is about two weeks to six months. That sounds like a test question right there. It does. Yeah. It mm. does. Mm. Anytime you can differentiate one thing from another, good test question. Okay. All right. Wink, wink. <laughs> So if we're looking at studies, um, it is a clinical diagnosis. There's no specific test that needs to be done, but you can do a biopsy if there's clinical uncertainty. And here we have a histological slide um, of a molluscum body, which would show large cells with a granular eosinophilic cytoplasm that contains accumulated virions. Um, I don't think I've come across too many images of molluscum contagiosum on the exams, though. Yeah, I don't really think they like ask you 
they give you the rash. They ask mm-hmm. you to identify the rash, but not really like the slide on it. Mm-hmm. But better to know it than not know it. Exactly. <laughs> so transmission um, usually occurs direct from person-to-person contact, or it can occur through fulmites, um, objects that will hold on to the virus particles, such as toys, clothing, um, especially towels and linens, or it can be through auto-inoculation where someone will scratch the um, lesions and then touch another part of their body, and then they get lesions in that area, or through sexual contact. Uh, Some of the risk factors, Um, as we noted here, um, it's not limited to children, but most commonly in children one to 10 years old, there's increased risk in those with atopic dermatitis. They get frequent breaks in their skin, which predisposes them a little bit. Um, There's also increased risk in those with weakened immune systems, especially HIV AIDS. You'll see that commonly, and it is an HIV defining illness if you do see this in someone. Okay, interested. And there's also increased risk in those who live in warm, humid climates where living conditions are crowded. Um, they're very close to each other, lots of contact. Yeah, so. those fomites, yeah. yeah. Get some around. Yeah. Yep. Okay. A lot. Okay. And some treatment options. So usually it's a self-limited um, occurrence in healthy individuals. So you don't necessarily need to offer treatment, but they will have resolution within nine months without it. But issues such as lesion visibility or if they have underlying atopic disease or they may want to prevent transmission, in that case, you can offer them certain therapies. With some of the more common ones being um, physical removal, you can do cryotherapy where you just freeze it with some liquid nitrogen. You can do keratage where you actually literally scrape it off. Um, Laser therapy is also an option. But some people might not want to go through that and they might just want something topical so you can use... um, Photophyllotoxin cream, salicylic acid, or even tretinoin, all different options. Um, In children, it might be a little bit scary for them to go through like a physical procedure like that. They might be a little bit hesitant. So an alternative treatment with them would be an oral therapy. Um, It also would avoid the possibility of scarring. I know some people are concerned about that. So you can give oral cimetidine in that case. Um, Where the biggest challenge comes in is immunocompromised individuals because they really don't have a good immune system. So they're not as likely to clear it on their own. Um, So traditional treatments aren't going to work for them, especially if they have a really low CD4 count. So we would want to target improvement in their immune system. And in extreme cases, you can also use intralesional interferon, but that has a lot of nasty side effects on that. It's not used very often. Yeah, interferons. It's like a cytokine or something, isn't it? Yeah. So it is a cytokine and it can cause like flu-like symptoms, nausea, vomiting, like they, they just don't feel very good after they get therapy with that. So most people do not want it. Yeah, especially for a benign lesion. Yeah, yeah. I can imagine. Okay. And we always want to work towards prevention of disease as much as possible. So um, if someone does happen to get molluscum contagiosum, you want to tell them to not scratch or pick at the lesions because auto-inoculation can occur. Um, they can keep the lesions covered with clothing or a bandage so that there's reduced contact with other individuals. Um, you shouldn't shave on the areas with lesions because, again, auto-inoculation can spread to other areas. And don't share personal items such as unwashed clothes, hairbrushes, wristwatches, or um soap bars with other individuals, again, to prevent transmission. Some of our references here. And thank you for joining us. Any parting words, Dr. Heckman? You know, the one thing I, two things that I remember, the word fomites, that's a wonderful word. That's how it gets spread. And it gets spread by bar soap. And you think like bar soap cleans everything, but 
Not in the case of Moscow. No, no, it's a little hardy virus, isn't it? It is. It is a very hardy virus. All right. Well, no. Um, I have any comments or anything. Thank you. That was a wonderful presentation. I learned a lot. Good yeah. refresher, and hope you guys got some good tips. And if you guys have any questions, um, feel free to reach out to us at usmle at mail.sjsm.org. Thank you so much for tuning into our show. We hope you enjoyed another episode of Med School Minutes. If you like our content, please follow us and receive notification when a new show is posted. This podcast is brought to you by St. James School of Medicine. For a video version of this podcast, please check us out on sjsm.org slash video.